You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com I felt like, you know, knowing what I know about how uh, they use art to, you know, socially engineer engineer the masses for culture creation, and they censor so many who are organic, you know, not like, yeah, creative being. And I wanted to give a platform to those people, but I also wanted to bring a hybrid because I feel like these information conferences are great. We're in an info war, right? So it's really important that people yeah. uh, be given this kind of really valuable information from so many brilliant minds. But I think, and it's also great for people to do that in person and find out that they're not alone, meet like-minded people, build communities and uh, connect with others. However, I think sometimes people feel a little bit overwhelmed by all the information. Sometimes they leave feeling a little black-pilled. And, you know, the powers that be know how powerful art is. This is part of why they change the frequency of music from 432 to 440, right? They know that it has the power to effectuate change on a cellular level. And they use it for their purposes. But it is actually incredibly healing, especially when you are with other people experiencing that art. So I wanted something that merged the two. And that was, you know, pro-human, that was, a, you know, pro-personal sovereignty, and that shows an example. So, you know, I do think of this as this is a spiritual battle. And oftentimes when people think about spiritual battle, they get very trapped in the binary. So they either, you know, are all in the dark and the doom gloom and they get very black pills or they're in the, you know, trust the plan type of white pill type of uh, vein. Oh, so and, it's a non-binary yeah. event. You, you have a non-binary event. <laughs> I haven't. Yes. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to be nothing. controversial, so you can't like them join them. Right. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, so I thought that you, we need to show that there's both. If it is a spiritual battle, there needs to be light and dark. And I think that we don't have a whole lot of examples in the culture currently uh, because they own the culture. There's not a whole lot of examples of good, clean, fun art that's rooted in family values, that's uh, pro-human, that's pro-sovereignty, pro-liberty. And uh, I think their agenda is to, you know, put us into a a transhuman leading to post-human world controlled by an AI hype work mind that they program. And then we'll all be siloed in the metaverse, right? But the best antidote, personally, I think, to that is for us to be radically human. What 
would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show. And we're going to have a guest here with me in just a second. But I want to remind you guys that uh, things are getting serious. This is a time when uh, we are witnessing the complete attack on our country from within and to a degree from without. But it's important to understand that the means and methods of this attack are uh, very well known and they're kind of classic. Like the ways that you would bring down a civilization in the past are really the same patterns for how our civilization is being brought down. And it helps to understand those principles and those patterns. And we've really been focusing on that a lot, a lot in the last few months on my channel over on YouTube, on my Rockton channel and so forth. And we've been covering uh, not just global elite texts, but texts that describe the strategy of subversion, infiltration, these kinds of techniques. It's important to understand these because if we don't understand that, then that we, are, we look at the wrong people, we look at the wrong institutions. And a lot of what uh, goes on in terms of psychological warfare demonizes the wrong audience. They demonize the wrong people, the wrong, the de get you deflected on thinking that, oh, it's, uh, the people that own land and property and the people that have businesses, or this is Marxism. Classical Marxism says that man's problems arise from his alienation from his work and from the means of production and from the capitalist ruling class, right? That's just one example, borrowing from that Hegelian dialectic. That's not really man's problem. And so there might be abuses that have taken place with industrialists and factory workers and all of that, sure. But the locus of power, right, the actual abuse is not coming from hierarchy itself. And so one of the techniques that revolution has always utilized, right, if you go back to this classic text by James H. Billington, Fire in the Minds of Men, Origins of the Revolutionary Faith, when he goes back and, and characterizes the history of revolution, the bad guys are always part of a structure and the enemy is characterized as the structure itself. So what's man's problem? Well, because there's hierarchy in nature, because there's authority out there. That's the problem. Authority itself is the problem. It's not authority that itself that is the problem. It's the abuse of authority that's the problem. You see how, how that minor seeming philosophical distinction 
is enough to confuse and and lead to centuries of revolution, death, chaos, bloodshed, etc. And it's based and it's just based on this misunderstanding, which deflects people away on the basis of false enemies, false hopes, false dreams. We're going to create a a stateless utopia, is what Marxism said. Literally, the the classic Marxist idea is that we would eventually get to a stateless situation in the phases of history, in the phases of Marxism. But what if that's not man's problem? What if, what if man's fundamental problem isn't alienation from nature and from uh, the means and modes of production and the capitalists and all this? What if, what if man's problem is something more fundamental inside of him, which are the classic ideas of virtue and vice? Right? Aristotle, for example, wrote about the virtues and how they are contrasted to the vices. And what if that's the problem and not the idea of there being structures in society? You'll notice the exact same thing that we see when we look at the way that, for example, people in the Skittles, trans community, all this kind of stuff, they will say that, oh, uh, you make me feel bad because you don't accept me. And so they place the blame on society structures. Society has stigmatized these things. And if society would just accept these things, I would stop feeling bad. I would not have a conscience bothering me anymore. But what if the problem is internal to man? What if the problem is his own fall, fallen heart, his own desire to sin, and not societal structures, not placing the blame elsewhere? A lot of these false systems are based around placing the blame outside of man's own heart. And that's ultimately the source of So if, if man doesn't fix his own heart, None of these social structures are going to get fixed. And the source of man's problems are not the social structures. When we come back, we're going to talk to Courtney about Tavistock and other things that led to where we are today. Welcome back to the fourth hour of Alex Jones. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And we're talking about the false blame, the uh, placing of blame on structures, uh, placing the blame on things that are not ultimately to blame. The, these things might be at times abusive. They might participate in it, but these things themselves are not the root of man's problems. Having hierarchy, and well, if, if having hierarchy is itself the problem, then why is nature itself hierarchical? Doesn't Jordan Peterson talk a lot about lobsters and how lobsters kind of form a, a hierarchy? Father, we got a lobster hierarchy, you know? Don't you know about the lobsters? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in principle, I agree that in nature, you'll find that wolves have a, a pack and they have a hierarchy amongst the pack of wolves. And that's because the alpha wolf stays in the back and watches and makes sure that nobody gets killed in the rest of the pack, et cetera, et cetera. Nature has this fundamental component to it. So clearly it can't be that man's problem itself, it himself is out there in society. It's inside man, it's his heart that has to change. That's the source of the problems. And so <clears throat> one of the things that I wanna to get to when we, when we bring on Courtney now is this, this uh, power that Tavistock seemed to really uh, hone in on, which is controlling and steering public opinion to the degree that they could get people to believe in all kinds of fake false enemies and bad guys. And they never ever identify the actual intellectual intelligentsia structure that is socially engineering them. <clears throat> and one reason that they're not able to do that is because as uh, Edward Bernays says, the beginning of his book, Propaganda, 
the social engineers are a hidden power structure. They're not hidden in the sense of like secretly in underground bases doing uh, Illuminati rituals. They might be, but he's saying in the sense that they're hidden because the public just simply doesn't know about the Walter Lippmanns and the Edward Bernays and the John Rees and the Dr. Kurt Lewins and all the people that are doing the social studies, right? The, the uh, Institute for uh, Social Research, for example, at Michigan University. Does anybody know about that? Very few, very few people do. But they were instrumental in contracting out a lot of this research to socially engineer. And this is also, by the way, if you read the Douglas Valentine book uh, on Phoenix program, a lot of the uh, Vietnam War was being uh, run out of the University of Michigan. The CIA had a, a command base uh, set up there, and I'm sure they were working with uh, the Institute for Social Research as well to experiment in Vietnam on, on social control, social engineering, and so forth. So is Courtney uh, available? Is she up? Yep. So Courtney, uh, are you there? We, we've been talking about I'm social here. engineering. Hey, we, we've been talking about social engineering, you and I, we've done a lot of interviews. And uh, I wanted to see if you agree, because I know you've done a lot of research into Marxism and not everybody at the uh, Tavistock Institute and the Institute for Social Research were necessarily Marxist. And they don't have to be, but these are great examples of systems like Marxism, where people are corralled into believing that the enemy is something that isn't actually the enemy. Do you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. So really interesting for me, uh, you know, got on this whole journey, I think my first kind of like mini wake up was learning about the Frankfurt School and realizing how invested they were and how much they how invested they were and how much they were utilized in order to create the propaganda and this whole like identity politics world that we live in currently. And I, you know, we, we see that. And I, I thought I that was my one of my first like wake up calls is because I used to say and I think I just did this because it was much easier. I, you know, I was in the world of Hollywood and like it was really hard not to be like all the way left in Hollywood. So I used to say, and even just growing up, I grew up, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, right outside New York City. And then I was an actress in New York. And then I moved out to LA. And it was just easier to say I'm, you know, socially liberal, but I'm fiscally conservative. And that was just much more acceptable. And really, it was when I started to learn about the Frankfurt School that I realized how much they were using these philosophical principles and the identity politics in order to uh, co-opt the culture and that you really couldn't extricate one from the other. You can't really have, you know, this, uh, I mean, who who's paying for these uh, fiscal uh, social programs and this uh, social ideology, right? You can't really extricate one from the other. So that was kind of my mini, but I think I was still pretty, uh, you know, unaware of the big scope and the big picture. When I first learned about Tavistock, that was like, a light bulb for me because it was a convergence. I think one, it personally really hit me because of my background with, you know, my psychology background and my philosophy background and then my artistic background and realizing that Tavistock was kind of where a lot of the Fabian socialists converged with the Frankfurt School. And I see the Fabians as kind of the tactical arm. They're the strategy. And you can't really have 
you know, so as much as you need the ideology and the philosophical uh, precepts, which I think the elites use in order to create the propaganda and the messaging, you need the strategy in order to infiltrate. And I think Tavistock was really brilliant at merging the two. And I think that they use the social scientists in order to figure out what would be an effective way to do that. So, yeah, I don't know if that was. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you uh, are really interested in is <clears throat> breaking the spell of the control of the culture in an artistic sense. And so like this weekend, uh, you know, you've organized mm -hmm. an event. Uh, which I will be at. It's called Rebels for Cause. And of course, you can get tickets still as uh, June 3rd and 4th. And if you go to Rebels for Cause, it's F-O-R, Rebels, F-O-R, Cause.com. Uh, you can get tickets. Use the promo code DYER, by the way, D-Y-E-R, to get an extra discount. Um, tell us about this event and why you wanted to organize a creative artist uh, coming together and who all is going to be there. <laughs> well, so... Uh, it's, a, it's a massive event. We now have like 60 acts <laughs> um, and oh, wow. it seems to be growing by the minute. Yeah, it, this is way bigger than I ever could have imagined. And I, I really feel like I'm just an instrument, a vessel to help put this together. But uh, I felt like, you know, knowing what I know about how uh, they use arts to, you know, socially engineer, engineer the masses for culture creation. Right. And they censor so many who are organic, you know, yeah. Not like, yeah, creative being. And I wanted to give a platform to those people, but I also wanted to bring a hybrid because I feel like these information conferences are great. We're in an info war, right? So it's really important that people yeah. uh, be given this kind of really valuable information from so many brilliant minds. But I think, and it's also great for people to do that in person and find out that they're not alone, meet like-minded people, build communities and uh, connect with others. However, I think sometimes people feel a little bit overwhelmed by all the information. Sometimes they leave feeling a little black-pilled and yeah. you know, the powers that be know how powerful art is. This is part of why they change the frequency of music from 432 to 440, right? They know that it has the power to effectuate change on a cellular level and they use it for their purposes, but it is it actually incredibly healing, especially when you are with other people experiencing that art. So I wanted something that merged the two and that was, you know, pro-human, that was a, you know, pro-personal sovereignty, and that shows an example. So, you know, I do think of this as this is a spiritual battle. And oftentimes when people think about spiritual battle, they get very trapped in the binary. So they either, you know, are all in the dark and the doom gloom and they get very black pills or they're in the, you know, trust the plan type of white pill type of uh, vein. Oh, so and it's a non-binary event. You, you have a non-binary event. <laughs> I have a yes. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to be controversial, it. so you can't let them join them. Right. Yeah. So um, but uh, yeah, so I thought that you, we need to show that there's both. If it is a spiritual battle, there needs to be light and dark. And I think that we don't have a whole lot of examples in the culture currently uh, because they own the culture. There's not a whole lot of yeah. examples of good, clean, fun art that's rooted in family values, that's uh, pro-human, that's pro-sovereignty, uh, pro-liberty. 
And uh, I think their agenda is to, you know, put us into a, po- a transhuman leading to post-human world controlled by an AI hype work mind that they program, yep. and then we'll all be si- siloed in the metaverse, right? But the best antidote, personally, I think, to that is for us to be radically human. And humans are social creatures. We need to do things in person, you know, with one another physically. And we're creative beings. And one of the ways that's manifested is through art. And so I wanted to give an opportunity. We got a a break. Let's go to a break here and then we'll come back and talk more about this event. Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader, Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. Resolution Radio. 
resolutionrdo.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth, the solution is laying right there in front of you, hidden in plain view. Please listen to me in the next 60 seconds. If you go to Wikipedia, it has links to the UN Zone website where they admit the number one cause of cognitive disability in the world is iodine deficiency. The number one preventable cause of intellectual disability is lack of real pure iodine in the body as they bomb us with the bad halogens, bromine, bromide, chlorine, and so much more. Upwards of 2 billion people in a Lancet Medical Journal study in 2007 worldwide have cognitive disabilities because they don't have high quality iodine. Most iodine is bound to other elements, you don't absorb it. We have X3, all three types of the good iodine together that supercharges your body. X3 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. It's been sold out for over six months for 25% off. X3, back in stock. Take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And we were talking to Courtney Turner about this weekend's upcoming event and why it's so important to do real, authentic, organic, non-corporate controlled, non-socially engineered music arts etc and that's really what this basically it's a festival it's, it's it's really turned into a festival this weekend with as she said about 60 people um and we were talking about how you know the the one key arm of the control structure is through controlling the arts and you know i wrote two books on that uh, courtney's done a lot of podcasts on that as well we've covered it many many times in the fourth hour of alex jones and, and really I, alex pioneered uh, exposing that many 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 years ago talking about the the way Hollywood and the music industry is controlled, the use of symbolism, the use of uh, you know the occult and so forth. So, Courtney, you want to tell us about some of the the acts and 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 who all is going to be there? I know it's sixty, but you want to mention some of the some some of these people I might have even heard about before, uh, like this Owen guy or this Harrison person. I, I think I've heard of them before. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who are they? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we have, so we have a lot of like, it's a really a hybrid. We've got the speakers and we've got uh, lots of music. Okay, we have here. So yeah, so Patrick Byrne, I want to give a shout out to him and the American Project because they have really come through in helping to see this vision to fruition. Of course, we have Jay Dyer and Jamie Hanshaw. I'm sure nobody here has ever heard of them, right? Um, and Faithless Town, they're awesome. Tim Thompson, Mel Kay, Ben DeLorente, who was just on with me this morning on Harrison's show, Dr. Stella Emanuel, Andy Ross, Kathy O'Brien, uh, we have Erin Jo Harris, and she's got a, a band, and they're going to be doing music. Justin Deschamps, uh, he's doing a lot of stuff with Badlands Media. Nick Natoli, uh, so he's doing that song with Jimmy Levy. Jimmy Levy is going to be remote, but he's going to sing, in, zoom in and sing a song for us. George Webb, Austin Moody, Brian Christian, you'll see a different side of him. He's going to be performing music. He's also going to be on the Pirate Stream Media panel with me. Uh, Paul Conan, who's a hypnotist, he's going to talk about how they use hypnosis and how you can buffer yourself against the media and uh, the hypnotic effects of Hollywood and the entertainment industry. We have some of the Jan 6 uh, uh, victims, Mickey, of course, Ashley Babbitt's mom, who will be talking, Sarah, Huck uh, Sarah McAvee, who is uh, her husband is still a political prisoner. Um, 
Yeah, who else? We've got the Sailor Brothers. We have filmmakers as well. We're going to be doing a filmmaker panel. We're screening a couple of like snippets from some film. We're going to be doing some improv, which uh, Jay is going to be a part of. Uh, we have, of course, uh, Klaus, and then we've got Klaus Jr., and we have the CEO of Target. We have a Trump impersonator, and they'll do a, a little improv sketch. We have some a bunch of people from Medical Freedom, uh, you know, who are speaking on that. And uh, yeah, so there's uh, the Trump impersonator, Sean Farage. Um, yeah, Simon Esler, who did the film Cut, and he's going he's gonna to be remote. He's in Canada, but he is going to screen a little piece of the film. We're going to do a bit of a, a back and forth talking about it. We will have on Sunday morning uh, some like people like uh, Robert and Jamie Agee, who are from the Revenant tour, who are going to be doing uh, more religious uh, ceremonies and speeches and some music that's more religious oriented for those who are missing church services. And uh, then we'll have panels on Sunday. And yeah, it's action packed. Yeah, and again, let's go back to maybe some of the background of this notion of culture creation and culture steering, because that's a huge part of, you know, what I've covered, as I said, and part of the reason why you're doing this event. Um, you know, yeah. I, I know that if you go back to Plato's uh, uh, Allegory of the Cave and then Plato's discussion in the Republic of the Noble Lie, where he talks about the the inner the secret society that will run the the Republic, the ideal Republic. He says they'll have to use these various uh, invented myths and stories to control the population to make sure that everybody fits into where they're supposed to be in this rigid uh, ideological structure of the republic. And that noble lie, I think, is a really early example of foisting upon the society a false story, a false myth, a, a fake uh, uh, origins story, you could say, like like the hero's myth or whatever. That's really, again, made up to control people. And that same principle is if we fast forward to today, the way that Hollywood and the music industry has crafted itself as a kind of modern Plato's allegory of the cave. If you think about sitting in the movie theater, if you think about being at the concert, you know, you're, you're really watching and following these people that are acting kind of like the, the phantasms and the shadows on the wall of Plato's cave. And that's yeah. there to control you and to keep you, you know, in this matrix system. And uh, what I like about what you're doing here is that pretty much everybody here, we all we have a lot of disagreeing, uh, maybe philosophical views, but everybody basically agrees that we need to wake up from this existing control system. So um, how do you see Hollywood and the music industry since that, you know, you did have a, a time you said you where you were in that in that world? Uh, do you see it as a, a really rigid control structure, which is ironic because isn't I thought all of, I thought the arts were all about us being free and being you know set loose. And the irony is that, no, actually, this is a rigid control structure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because uh, one of the things that, you know, you were saying how it is like it's kind of a wide tent and there are a lot of philosophical maybe not complete alliance. But I think the main thing that everybody in this uh, in this event can get behind is personal sovereignty and art. And I think if we can't unite over that, then we really have no hope for humanity. And I, I agree with you. I think you would think one of the brilliant things about artists is that they're creative beings that can see out of the box. And, you know, I always use the analogy of like, they're able to kind of color outside the lines and still make it interesting, intriguing, potentially even beautiful. And 
that's exactly what they don't want. That's what's scary to them. That's why they have this control grid of Hollywood and of the music industry. That's where you have to fall, fall in lockstep with what they want and their messaging. Anybody who falls outside of that, they don't give a platform to because they're using, they know how powerful it is and they know that it has the power to, you know, subliminally, because I think what happens with people is that, you know, as much as it's important to read and get engaged in intellectual matters and uh, intellectual pursuits, human beings are, we're, we're very complex, we're very nuanced. And when we deal in the rational, we can ignore things that are, we're getting, like cues that we're getting intuitively. And we can ignore some of our emotional responses that are elicited. And art has the power to affect that emotional, intuitive response, in many cases, sub subconsciously. And so I, I think that it's, it is really important to have art that is, you know, whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, that isn't being controlled from the top down, where people are presenting because I think artists have the power, because they can color outside the line, to take us out of these managed dialectical narratives, because people often, they're spoon-fed these narratives, and then yeah. they feel like they have to take one side or the other. They, they're really not because for so long we have been conditioned that people often don't really think for themselves and imagine that there could be a nuance somewhere in the middle or somewhere completely outside of that paradigm altogether. But I think artists have the power to show that there might be, you know, a, another another way or maybe there is a shade of gray in between the two that, they, that have been presented. Yeah, I was just thinking of some examples of the arts that were prophetic uh, that, I've, that I've been looking at recently. Um, I'll, I'll give some of those examples when we get back and and why I think they were prophetic. Uh, some of the some stuff I'll be covering in, in upcoming live streams and talks. But I want to remind everybody, go to rebelsforcause.com, uh, get your tickets, use the promo code D-Y-E-R for this weekend in Nashville. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't go anywhere. This is The Alex Jones Show. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Ooh, the last turbo force. Turbo Force. <laughs> These guys don't even know you can get the canister now. 
Get the all-new Turbo Force Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. Now it's shareable. To the Alex Jones, I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And we were talking about the power of the arts to really, in many ways, be predictive. And I've got a, several examples uh, that I thought of during the break that I wanted to mention where we see pretty, I would say, almost prophetic examples of artists who were able to sense the zeitgeist, right, the spirit of the time, and to see where things were going. And I think that artists have that unique ability through, you know, their their creative uh, abilities to see where uh, the society is going. My, my button came undone. I'm not trying to show my cleavage here, so I apologize to everybody. That's uh, I, I know I, I just tempted everybody with lust. Please don't lust. It was just uh, my my button came undone. Everybody relax. Go take a shower, a cold shower, calm down. Notes from the Underground. This is an amazing uh, work from Dostoevsky that, believe it or not, uh, I think he wrote, wrote in, the, in the late 1800s. Uh, this book actually predicts maybe early. Uh, well, I don't see the, I don't see the date, but it was uh, definitely late 1800s. And in this essay, he notes that the uh, the future would be one that is in, <clears throat> symbolized by this figure who's a, sort of a clerk in a in a in a a station and he's this really nasty individual. He has a really nasty heart, but he, in a, in a lot of ways, he publicly is kind of a normal citizen. And the point of the novel uh, at one point, or excuse me, the short story, he, he eventually gets to this point where he says that the, the, the man reflected on how the wicked operate from the pleasure that they get from evil. And that this shows the enlightenment idea that individuals can be uh, morally neutral or something like this. It's just really not true. And that if 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 all man needed was education, right, to solve his problems, if his problem wasn't his own heart, then he said we would never have the evil genius. And so this guy's reflecting as he thinks about people in history who were who were notorious uh, tyrants. And he talks about how Cleopatra, I think he says, liked to torture her her mistresses. Uh, she got pleasure out of torture. And he says the sadistic or the the evil genius character. He says, proves that evil is something more than just a lack of education, that there's actual virtue and vice going on here. And then he goes on to say that, in fact, I could even project that the future will be like a machine. Like the, the evil men of the future will be like a machine that operate in a program machine-like way. There's a really famous page where the guy basically predicts a technocratic future where people are basically like robots. Again, that's in the late 1800s. In uh, Brothers Karamazov, there's a, the, one of the most famous chapters about Dostoevsky where he talks about what's called the Grand Inquisitor. And this is a, a an inquisitor, a theoretical way in this chapter is doing a, he's doing a, uh, uh, an inquisition on Jesus, right? Which is odd because why would the inquisition, if they represent the church, why would they do an inquisition on Jesus? Well, the inquisitor says that we don't need you anymore, right? And it's very prophetic, in my view, of where the sort of the globalist uh, version of the papacy with Francis and others would go. And, you know, he wrote this again in the late 1800s. 
and is basically saying that we will erect a world system, a globalist world system around this globalist religion, and we don't need Jesus in the religion anymore. So it's an, it's an amazing prophetic prediction, again, of not just where the uh, 20th century Roman Catholic Church would go post-Vatican II, but where the world religion would go, moving towards this world religion. There's another great book uh, in fiction, Ray Bradbury, right? His uh, Fahrenheit 451, which is we are at that stage right now. They're now saying that books need to be banned, need to be censored. Now, we've always had people banning books, but Ray Bradbury predicted a future dystopia where they would ban the reading of books. You got to be a dumb mind control citizen. You can't be reading books. Heck no. And Bertrand, he's basing that on what real people in the Royal Society, like Bertrand Russell, H.G. Uh, uh, Wells were saying, you won't be reading Shakespeare in the dystopia. You won't be reading the Bible. You won't have books. Books will be banned. And we will dumb everybody down. They don't read anymore. Philip K. Dick predicts the internet in Ubik. Now, another odd novel that I wouldn't have expected to be prophetic, which was written in the 40s, was a book by uh, Flannery O'Connor. It's called Wise Blood. And I'm going to be covering this uh, pretty soon. She's a famous uh, Southern Catholic writer. Southern Gothic is the genre. And in that in that novel, it was one of her few short novels. She only wrote two. She predicted the rise of the new atheists. Pretty wild. This uh, weird sort of oddball character named Hazel decides to create his own cult. However, the cult that he creates is the church of Jesus without Jesus. So religion without any of the uh, you know, supernatural trappings or the real meaning of the religion, really just a tool of other interests, a tool of geopolitics, a tool of individuals who are just self-serving, in the case of the novel, this character, right? But far before we had this public campaign of the new atheists, you have this really odd prophetic prediction of the new atheists uh, in this novel. And there's many, 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 many more examples of the arts being predictive. Uh, and I'll be covering those on my channel. If you want to go to, to uh, my YouTube channel, Jay Dyer, and subscribe, we're going to be getting into these. We just covered some really curious elements in recent uh, podcasts, like covering no, uh, noir films, film noir, and all the weird occultic esoteric elements in a lot of the 40s and 50s films that nobody has even thought about in, in decades. So we're really digging up uh, old school stuff. But um, Courtney, are you there? I, I want to get back to any of the um, examples that you can think of, like where you've seen in your own life, you know, like it doesn't have to be predictive elements, but like when you were in the in the entertainment industry, were any things, any stories that stuck out to you, things that were really weird or people trying to like, you know, uh, make sure you didn't get a job because of your views or anything like that? Oh, well, definitely. I, I could not discuss my views. And that that was I was part of the whole FOA group, you know, the Friends of Ape, where I, I found out that there was I was not alone in that. Lot, lots of us were fired or blackballed for, uh, you know, speaking out on our views. So that was definitely uh, very pervasive in Hollywood. But what's interesting is I also saw the, the agendas. You know, I, I remember like in uh, it must have been the early 2000s and they were really pushing, you know, now they've really moved towards the, the trans agenda. But back then they were really moving towards the gay agenda and the amount of casting that was done. It was just very strange. And I just remember thinking it was so odd. I'm like, so is every couple like there, there's no traditional couples anymore? Like, this is so odd. Why? Why is this all they're casting for? And 
you know, now in hindsight, I realize, okay, this is because they're clearly trying to, you know, elicit some sort of a message. This is programming. Yes. But at the time, I right. just thought it was bizarre. I'm like, this is not reflective of the real world, even in Hollywood, yeah. you know? I was right. like, yeah. So that's just you, one you, example. You think that was like a, you think that was a top I, down? Yeah. I do think so. I mean, there's no way I, I couldn't say like for sure, but it seems really odd. I think so. I was actually interestingly enough when you were reading through all those predictive examples, I'm really thinking I think it's a feedback loop because I think on the one hand, there are the social engineers who are in control and who are are trying to push this message and propaganda and they're in lockstep with this agenda. And the agenda is a new world order agenda. And the more I talk to people now through my research and my interviews, it seems everybody in the entertainment industry, whether in the music or in film, television, Hollywood, if you're not in line with the agenda, whether it is you're willing to just turn a blind eye or you're, you know, willfully advancing it, then you're really out. Um, but I think it's a feedback loop because I think there's also so many people who are in it and they become programmed and brainwashed without really knowing it. I, I think it's completely, yeah. for some people, unwitting. You know, they really have no idea that they're completely in lockstep and they're completely advancing this agenda. And so then they become up with these ideas and they, it, it's so ingrained and they end up, you know, programming, casting and writing these scripts and, uh, you know, these artistic uh, ventures that are, uh, yeah, so I think it is a feedback loop. I don't think it's uh, just one or the other, but I think a lot of it is because they're- Yeah, and people that are artists, I mean, sometimes it seems to me like nowadays it's independent artists, right? And that's kind of what your event's mm -hmm. about is people that are not locked into that, that uh, you know, this, the old studio system or, you know, this kind of stuff. The people are doing it on their own now. And, and, and I think probably having much more success because, you know, that if you have to go along to get along to get anywhere, you're really just destroying your own soul. And it's very hard for a creative person to- um, to not be free in that way, to to be locked into some stupid system. This is the Alex Jones Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back just in a second. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people, but one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Please give me one minute of your time. Please write this down and please go look this up. It will change your life. The UN admits and the Lancet Medical Journal admits that upwards of 2 billion people have mental disabilities and declining cognitive abilities. And the term they use is intellectual disability because of lack of iodine. Most iodine in the environment 
is bound to other elements so your body can't absorb it. Only pure iodine can really be absorbed right into the cells. And InfoWarsStore.com has the only iodine out there that actually has this type of full effect. Ladies and gentlemen, X3 has been sold out for six months. It's very hard to produce, and it's finally back in stock. In fact, I was just taking some before I shot this ad. This, ladies and gentlemen, is powerful. You and your family need it. It's 25% off back in stock. X3, try iodine exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. Take action now, but regardless, research this info. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. You can subscribe to my work at the website you see there, jaysanalysis.com. I want to remind you, too, that you see that top link there. Uh, I dropped a new cringe core song. Infowars has, has, has had a history of playing my, hit, my greatest hits, including Pay Piggy. And uh, if you go to my YouTube channel and subscribe, you'll notice that the, the top uh, song there is my brand new hit single that I just dropped last night. And it's uh, an ode to Matthew McConaughey, and it's called I Just Want to Meet New People and Do Cool Things. And um, if you watch the clip, you'll explain, it'll explain why we, we, we do what we do as artists, right? Um, you know, the arts, again, they have the ability to raise our sensibilities. I think that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to point us to the transcendent, to point us to these higher ideals, to, to the virtues. And... They give us meaning. They give us, you know, stories give us meaning. And great art does that, I think, in a transcendent way. Uh, and then it points us to the divine and so forth. And we've really lost that in the West because great, we don't really have great art anymore. Think about the Renaissance artists. I mean, I have certain criticisms of the Renaissance artists, and but, but they're really talented. And, and most of their art was intended to point us to, to the transcendent. Think about, you know, great literature that was being written all the way up until, you know, I guess maybe the latter, the first half of the last century. I mean, maybe there's new lit that's great. I don't know. But it's the same way in the in the domain of books that a lot of mainstream publishing and, and publishing houses, you know, they don't they don't print your stuff unless it's going along with this agenda. This agenda that we're talking about is across all of the, the disciplines of the arts. And that's because it's a control system. They don't allow any area to not be under this control system. If you remember, I had on uh, Wecking Ball, the pretty well-known pro skater with a lot of uh, comedic talents as well. He's a really funny guy. And we did a fourth-hour interview with Weck uh, maybe a year ago, and we were talking about how even in the domain of skating, you might think, they don't care about skating. No, they do. Every area of life has to be under this new cult of the technocratic you know, well, I, a lot of words I can't say. <laughs> I don't want to say, I don't want to use those words, but you know what I mean? What they're trying to push in all of these areas, it's even in the skateboarding community, right? It's in every area of the arts and that's by design. And that's why we want to create art that is truly independent, not fake independent, you know, Hollywood push stuff that is not liberal, it's actually part of a control structure, but calls itself liberal or whatever that even means. I mean, the irony here is that liberal is associated with liberty. You, you, would, you would associate these things with being made free. And yet this entire structure is promoting all of the things through inversion that will enslave you. And not just enslave you mentally or spiritually, but now they're pushing the things that will enslave your body. 
And Courtney's right when she says that ultimately the goal is to put us into a matrix Borg hive mind. Alex has talked about that for 20 plus years, that it's an actual Pentagon plan to eventually have some sort of matrix style coom pod that you lay in and your life will be lived out in this virtual reality and you'll just be a battery for the system. That's what the matrix was playing on. The matrix movie was playing on that humans as batteries analogy feeding into this energy vampire superstructure system. And that's not just fiction because in many of the global elite texts that I've covered, for example, Jacques Attali's Brief History of the Future, the latter chapters discuss the, Hort, the, the Borg hive mind and everybody being linked into this matrix web system. I have over here uh, Ray Kurzweil's books. He says the exact same thing about the future VR matrix world that, that everybody will live in when they have that ready, when they've got the technology ready. So we're being prepared for that as they roll out the things like the CBDCs, the Bank for National Settlements. I've been covering that this week on my channel. If you go to my channel, you'll see the, the latest lecture that I did was uh, the writings of the elite. I think this is uh, most recently, most recent one is about the EU, how it was created by the Royal Society elites and the people at Bilderberg. They planned the EU decades before the EU came to exist. Churchill was a big pusher of the EU. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, Alan Dulles, uh, people from the CIA, they were pushing the EU big time. And so that's why the EU came about, right? At the behest of people like the Rockefellers and Prince Bernhard and all the people that are the founders of Bilderberg. That's who brought about the EU. It was not this, uh, you know, movement of uh, liberal socialists or whatever in the, the in 1980s and, and, and in 1990. You know, it was way prior to that. It was planned out many, many years. In fact, it was part of the Marshall Plan aid was contingent upon eventual acceptance of a European Union. That union model is, is what the global elite have planned for so long, which is to have all of the continents into continental unions. And, you know, Tiny Mustache Man, he had a similar plan, but his plan wasn't the one that the system ended up going with. He was just a subset of this overall system. What they ended up going with was not the uh, fascist version of socialism, and that's a socialist model. They ended up going with a Fabian version of socialism because that combines very well with technocracy. And so, uh, Courtney, I, I, I want to get back to you. Uh, you know, you were talking about your time in the entertainment industry and uh, you know, how this system works. And I, I feel like, you know, I've had interviews, for example, with some pretty big name Hollywood people over the years, and, and they've kind of expressed their own internal tensions uh, with sort of mm -hmm. being on the edge of, well, I, I want to, you know, have one foot kind of in the system. But I also kind of wish that I'd been independent and doing things on my own. You know, when we look at people like Joe Rogan, who basically bought his own uh, you know, uh, 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 comedy venue in Austin, and he kind of is just allowed to then, you know, he could do his own thing, right? So, so if we can think more about getting outside of the system and doing our own thing as truly independent artists, I think what we end up having a lot more success, ironically, right? Yeah. Because you really can rise to the top in in doing things in alternative media on your own, as opposed to relying on this old legacy system. Yeah, and I think it's because of exactly what you said, because art is supposed to speak to the transcendent. It's supposed to be aspirational. Yeah. 
And I, I always say that the powers that shouldn't be have their triple D's that they worship. They have their trinity. And it, the first one is, uh, you know, destruct deception. It's uh, deceiving and distorting. And then the second one is division. They divide and conquer. And then, of course, the last one is destruction. Death, I think, goes uh, hand in hand with that. And, of course, all of that is a breeding ground for chaos, which is a breeding ground for usurpation of power. But I think that when you look at the art, they're really using it's all degenerative. It's all or degenerate. It's all, uh, you know, yeah. very it, it, it debasing. And when you art should be if you look at just in, in nature, things like a beautiful sunset are art and they move us so deeply. And we don't know why right. we but we can we just feel it and we can just agree that it does. And I think that's the power of art. And I think people are longing right now because so much art is, you know, you look at like even architecture, you know, I think since the brutalist age is it's all you don't have something to look up to. And yes. I think that because of our day to day life, you know, we want something. We do want an escape. And that's another reason why it's so powerful. But we want to escape to something that we can aspire toward, something where we can think about, you know, being uh, whether it's closer to divine or even just better versions of ourselves, that there is a possibility yeah. beyond where we are today. And I think art has that power. And I think it's part of why the independent artists are seeing so much success because it's such a stark juxtaposition. And the art that we're seeing today, they've become, as you talk about, like the revelation of the method, I think they're they're just becoming so much more transparent in their agenda. And their agenda is dark. And it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. And people see that. They see that it's inverted. They see that it's dark. And I think in some cases, it really is just openly demonic. And that's not aspirational. So, yeah. Yeah, self-destructive and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to remind people too that uh, when it comes to this uh, free freer notion of the arts, uh, I'll be doing a, a event in uh, Hollywood, uh, well outside of Hollywood uh, in uh, July. It'll be July sixth. You can go to my uh, website and under every post you'll see the upcoming live events. We have, of course, this weekend Courtney's event in Nashville. You go to Rebels for Cause and get the tickets there. Uh, my live event in California, Jamie Kennedy will be there. Malibu's Most Wanted, Jamie Kennedy Experiment, uh, Scream. You, you guys have probably seen Jamie Kennedy's, uh, one of the genius comedians out there. Jamie Kennedy Experiment is just, is one of the, the funniest shows ever. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun out at that event. Get your tickets there at Eventbrite. Uh, and then Courtney's event this weekend, Rebels for Cause. Use the promo code DYER, D-Y-E-R. Um, one last uh, uh, plug there. Courtney, why does everybody need to come out to this this weekend? Well, I, I think they need to come out. They need to support independent artists. They need to find their people, build local communities. We do want to make this into yes. a national tour. And that's part of why, uh, you know, we're doing it. We want to take it. But part of why we're doing that is to build local communities. So, yeah, come meet your people. And right now we have a lot of people flying in from all over the country, which is awesome. But I really hope some of the locals will come out and uh, see everyone. All right. Thank you, guys. This is the Alex Jones Show. Be sure and support Alex and the M4 by going to the M4 store and getting those products. Ladies and gentlemen, America and humanity is in a war. The globalists are cutting off the resources. 
They're killing the free speech. They're surveilling us. They're annihilating our sovereignty, our borders. They're coming after our children, literally sterilizing them. We are in the heart of the battle now. I knew about their plan decades ago and warned you. But now we're living in a time that's easy to wake people up and fight because they're not in beta, they're not in test mode, they're in operational mode. Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, almost everybody else who are great people work for another company that can fire them or try to control them. InfoWars is the only major standalone operation fighting the globalists in the world. And we're reaching the critical juncture in the battle. Their central bank digital currencies are in trouble. That's the number one issue in the news with conservative voters, not just here, but around the world. Their program of dissolving borders is in trouble. Everything they're doing is hitting major obstacles right now. That's why it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. That's why it's more important than ever that you realize we're in zero hour. We're in game time. We're in overtime. We are in the 12th round of this boxing match. And that's why you've got to share the articles. You've got to share the videos. You've got to pray for the broadcast. You've got to buy the products. Keep us on air. But whatever you do, just continue to research and speak out yourself at county commissions and school boards and city councils and state legislatures and when a senator's coming or house members coming go ask them questions get on tv because it's really you they can't stop and you they can't track whatever you do realize this is the full battle i know there's thousands of shows and millions of movies and entertainment and tv shows and all this stuff and what's real this is real you notice what we cover and what we go over years ago is now everything happening because we're actually contending with the global rulers to try to block them and their plan for depopulation and total enslavement. We are here fighting. So please, today, go to InfoWarsStore.com, get TurboForce, get Ultimate Krill Oil, get the other great products, get a Trump mugshot shirt, get an Alex Jones for President shirt, go there, get a signed copy or unsigned copy of The Great Reset, The War of the World, the seminal book that went to number one. But whatever you do, realize this is the fight this is the tip of the spear. This is the war right now here on air. We are swinging for the fences. We're not surrendering. And culturally, all the numbers show we are winning. Congress has a 7% approval rating. Biden's got a 30% approval rating. Trudeau's got a 25% approval rating. They are dictators. They are unpopular. They are doing things that people don't like. And we've just got to stay here on air as the tip of the spear because the enemy believes they can take out the leaders and everybody else will scatter. But you are the leaders and you are the resistance. So spread the word. Pray for the broadcast. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get a great product. Make a donation. But whatever you do, take action. Don't roll over and die. It's that spirit of victory, that spirit of resistance God wants to see. And then God will do the rest, but you've got to make the first steps with your free will and ask God to lead, guide, and direct you in this fight. You want to keep this on air? You see Tucker getting taken off. You see uh, what's happened with Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. We are not controlled by board of directors. We're not controlled by Rupert Murdoch. We're controlled by you. My boss in this fight is not Rupert Murdoch or not George Soros. It's you. And I'm asking you, boss, I'm fighting hard. Put me on the field, coach. I will keep kicking ass. I'm not like some player that ever played and was a loser. We've won Super Bowls against the enemy, but we need funds to do it now. Infowarstore.com or 888-253-3139. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. 
into a crescendo even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com.